Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment, a show where I'll offer my picks for each and every day of the 2023 Australian Open. Now, as you listeners know, that has not been the case on this show over the course of the past few days. There has just been so much excitement at the 2023 Australian Open that we at Crack Rackets felt the need to spread out our coverage across multiple podcasts, across multiple platforms. As such, this GSP feed was hijacked over the course of the past few days. That said, if you follow our Crack Rackets team on social media, you will have seen my picks posted each and every day. And for what it's worth after a disastrous 1-6-1 day one of this event. We have steadied the ship here on this segment. We're now 18-14-1 up 0.4 units overall for the event. That means we're 17-8 over the course of the past eight days and for what it's worth that one outstanding wager we still have is a futures bet on Novak Djokovic to win the event. We got him at minus 110 odds on day one of this tournament. He is currently sitting at minus 200 odds to win the event. So certainly odds makers feel like I do that he is still the prohibitive favorite. That said, while we're headed in the right direction, we still have some work to do if we'd like to reach our goals. I do think we can hit the 60% win rate. Weather will be up 10 units or not at the end of this event. I suppose I'll have to get a little bit risky down the home stretch if we hope to make that happen. But again, 18, 14, and 1, a 0.4 units overall. Yesterday, we hit on our one ace of the day wager. It was a bet on Elena Rabakina to get the job done against Yelena Ostapenko. That's precisely what she did. And look, we have limited matches to choose from as we approach day number 10 of this event. We've reached the quarterfinal round of singles, the back half of the quarterfinal round to be precise. So only four singles matches on the board. That said, in order to get creative, perhaps you'd like to look at some of the doubles action happening on the grounds. Perhaps you want to look elsewhere to challengers or futures events happening on tour this week because there are plenty of them. That's what I've decided to do here on today's show to spice things up. I have two aces of the day for all of you listeners as we approach day number 10. Of course, if you want to hear how the front half of the 2023 Australian Open quarterfinals went, head on over to our mini break podcast feed later today to hear all about those matches. If you are interested in some college tennis here this weekend, things have slowed down at this year's first major. Certainly, we are excited to announce here at Crack Rackets that we have an abundance of college tennis for all of you tennis fans as it's the ceremonial start to the 2023 college tennis season. Just about every top Division I team beginning their years here this weekend. I believe we have 16 of them for you available Friday through Monday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that. We are super excited to play any sort of role in broadcasting all the exceptional action that happens at the collegiate level. So be on the lookout for that. But you did not come to hear about our collegiate coverage. You came to hear about my thoughts on day number 10. So let's get to it. Here are my picks, my GSP aces of the day. Let's start with my first ace is a match I feel both confident in the result and see value in the money line of. That, of course, is the battle we've seen between now 11-time slam quarterfinalist, former world number one Karolina Pliskova, and her opponent, who is perhaps the 
underdog sensation of this event in 30-year-old Magda Lynette, who has reached the first slam quarterfinal of her career. Here's the thing when I look at this matchup. Yes, Magda Lynette has played exceptional tennis through her first four matches here in Melbourne. However, there's a lot of history between these two quarterfinal opponents. It will be the 10th time in the careers of Karolina Pliskova and Magda Lynette that they have gone head-to-head. Pliskova, a 7-2 career head-to-head advantage. Now, sometimes you see a number like that and you get a bit worried, right? Because the level between so many of these players, the margins are so thin, you feel like eventually someone's just due to earn that victory. Well, Magda Lynette earned that victory rather recently. She actually beat Pliskova in Billie Jean King Cup at the end of last season. Lynette, a 4-1 and win there. She also played Pliskova extraordinarily close, with Pliskova earning a 10-8 in the third set breaker victory over Lynette in round one of last year's U.S. Open. How However, outside of that third three-set match, excuse me, at the U.S. Open, Lynette has won in straight sets once. She's won in three sets once. All of Pliskova's other six victories, they have come in straight sets, and they have been fairly lopsided. Let's just read through them quickly. 2017 U.S. Open, Pliskova, 2-1 win. 27 Tokyo, Pliskova, 2-1 win. 2015 Tianjin, Pliskova, 2-1 win. Again, It's been a while. A lot of those came in 2017 prior to, I suppose, Lynette, who is playing the best tennis of her career, not just this week in Melbourne, but over the course of the past six months, Lynette's worked herself back into the top 50. She's made a couple of quarterfinals, semifinals, even finals at the 125 and 250K level. In fact, last season, she earned 26 tour-level wins. That's the most she's had in any single season of her career. That said, you know, again, She just beat Karolina Pliskova, and sometimes I do like when there's a lopsided career head-to-head, but someone has just lost. You know, the player with the significant wins advantage just loses to the other player. You like that revenge factor here for Karolina Pliskova. I would also point out Karolina Pliskova's yet to drop a set in any of her four victories here at the Australian Open. Now, she has had a very rosy path, arguably the easiest of any quarterfinalist on this women's side. Straight set wins over Wang Shiyu, Putin Seva, Gracheva and Jung Shui, you know, only one seed on her pathway to this quarterfinal. She's going to face another non-seeded player in Magda Lynette. But it's worth noting, Karolina Pliskova into the quarterfinals in back-to-back slams. She did it at the U.S. Open, obviously, just last season. You look for Karolina Pliskova since the start of 2020. She's 27-10 and 10 overall at major events, has made now the quarterfinals on four different occasions. Obviously, was a Wimbledon finalist back in 2021. Followed that up with a U.S. Open quarterfinal. Didn't play the Australian Open last year due to injury. So again, in her last three hard court major events, she's made at least the quarterfinals. That is a remarkable track record of success for Pliskova, who has now made at least one quarterfinal in every season since 2016, except 2020. And we're going to give that a pass, given everything that happened via the pandemic in that 2020 season. 
Carolina Pliskova has been a bastion of consistency in what has otherwise been an unstable era, obviously, on the WTA Tour. She, as I alluded to on a mini-break podcast earlier this week, is, dare I say, the David Ferrer, the Tomas Burdich of her era. The only difference being she actually got to world number one. And again, the window is still open, perhaps, for her to steal that one slam. Now, again... Magda Lynette's had the most impressive run, perhaps, of any player, men's or women's side, to this quarterfinals. Lynette win over Sharif in round number one, but then wins over the 16th seeded Conteve in three, uh, over Ekaterina Alexandrova, that 19th seed in straight sets, then the six and four win over fourth seeded Caroline Garcia. She was down three love, I believe, in set number one, or certainly an early break. Lynette's seen so much pace, so much variety, so much aggression, so much physicality, so much high-level tennis over the course of Melbourne. She certainly will be ready for Karolina Pliskova's level. And, you know, again, despite the fact that Pliskova hasn't dropped the set, despite the fact that Pliskova has looked so successful on serve so far at this event, again, Lynette has played three consecutive top 20 players. She is ready for that sort of fight. That said, you look for Magda Lynette in her career at the majors, 9-18 and 18 overall against top 50 opponents. Three of those wins, again, coming at this event. So prior to this event, she had he. Uh, she had, excuse me, a 25% win percentage against top 50 players at the majors. Of course, she did beat Chabert round number one at the French Open last year, but that's a story perhaps for the different time. Here's another interesting stat. And again, certainly Pliskova has, uh, Pliskova, excuse me, Lynette has faced some power foes. Alexandrova likes to take that ball early on the rise, drive it through the court. Not totally dissimilar from Pliskova. Certainly, you look for uh, Lynette in her uh, prior matchup. She uh, plays the number one server on the WTA Tour, a relentless, aggressive player in Caroline Garcia. But here's a fun stat for all of you uh, tennis fans. Magda Lynette, in her career, against top 50 opponents, 5 foot 10 or taller, she's 11 and 35. 11 and 35 overall against players who have the sort of a top 50 talent and height to have those imposing weapons, to have that ability to drive the ball through the court, pick on her second serve that sometimes sits up and perhaps more importantly, play with enough pace and depth that throws that extreme Magda Lynette forehand grip off kilter, off center. I just, again, Pliskova 7-2 and two in her career against Magda Lynette. And you look for Carolina Pliskova. I mentioned that 20-7-10 and record at the majors since the start of 2020 against opponents ranked outside the top 20. She's 24-7 and overall. Hasn't lost a match to a non-top 50 player since Katie Bolter, Wimbledon second round last season. That means she's won seven in a row against players ranked outside the top 20. I mean, again, this is a wager. On Carolina, and by the way, some of the other losses were to Ostapenko, who obviously has been uh, a Roland Garros champion to and is a top 25 player right now. Caroline Garcia, who's number fourth seed at this event, Pavlochenkova, another one on the list as well. 24 and four. Uh, if you take those players out against players ranked outside the top 50. I just think her weapons, her form right now, her experience, again, it's slam quarterfinal number 11 for Pliskova. I think the totality of those things just allow Karolina Pliskova to ultimately 
bring her better tennis, find her better form, and advance and end the run of Magdalena, who has been sensational, who changes direction well on the backhand, who can absorb a first strike and get Pliskova out of the strike zone. But I think Pliskova is going to be a little bit more patient than Garcia was from the baseline. Garcia was so anxious to move forward to the net, and you know Lynette was able to flash her athleticism so frequently during that match because she is such a great improviser because she does pass so well down the line. And yet again, I just think the level I've seen from Karolina Pliskova, if you don't have a weapon to throw her off center consistently with, I just don't think you're beating her right now. Give me Karolina Pliskova to advance in this match. Now you look, according to the Tennis Abstract, singles forecast, Pliskova a 62.1% favorite. She's a minus 165 money line favorite. Those aren't the worst odds. That said, you can also get her at minus one and a half games over Lynette for minus 135. And even if it is a three-set match, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really hoping Carolina Pliskova, who has in the past lost some 6-1, 6-2 shaky sets before bouncing back, I just think her serve will keep her competitive in every set. I don't see her losing a lopsided set, even if this match does go the distance, which, again, I don't anticipate it will. I like Pliskova, minus one and a half games over Lynette, minus 135, one unit to win 0.74. Again, she's 7-2 in her career against Lynette, yet lost that last match. So there is a little extra motivation here. Quarterfinal number one for Lynette, who has just been on this dream run. You wonder if it can continue. Maybe this is the moment where things start to slow down. And again, I just don't think she's going to have an ability to create enough free chances for herself. Again, although she hit the plus one so well against Garcia, I just think Pliskova is going to be a little bit more disciplined. Obviously, Pliskova the better returner than Garcia. I think she'll be more effective with the depth on the return. I'm taking Pliskova. Enough said. Minus one and a half games over Lynette. Minus 135. Full unit play on this one to win 0.74 in return. That's why I labor, belabor the 0.4 so long. That is ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two forces us to get a little bit creative. And, you know, it starts out with a match that I think all of us are certainly fascinated by. You have the player who, via the eye test, has looked better than any other player in this 2023 Australian Open women's singles draw, Arena Sabalenka, taking on... A player who's been a top 15 sort of person over the course of her past four events. Of course, I'm referring to her, Sabalenka's opponent, 26-year-old Donna Vekic. Look, according to the numbers, Sabalenka is 73.1% favored. She's a minus 380 money line against Donna Vekic. Sabalenka, of course, 8-0 to start this 2023 season. She's yet to drop a set in any of her victories. She has gotten the double faults somewhat under control, down by 4% overall. She's gone from the 11 to 13 range to the 5 to 8 range per match, which in her case is significantly significant. Uh, on the flip side, Donna Vekic is 16-3 and three over her last 19 matches, has been tested via the pace of a Ludmilla Samsonova, who, who she just outclassed in a 3-0 second round victory. She faced the creativity, the intensity, the you know variety, the relentlessness of 17-year-old Linda Fruvertova, yet managed to get through that match in three sets as well. Both of these players, you know, Donna Vekic has won seven matches in a row. She went 3-0, albeit an easy schedule at United Cup. Still, 
Seven-match win streak versus an eight-match win streak. For what it's worth, Donna Vekic, 5-1 in the career head-to-head against Arena Sabalenka. Vekic beat her in San Diego in three sets last year. Beat her three sets. Tokyo Olympics now. Three of Vekic's victories came 2017 or earlier, and for what it's worth, four of Vekic's five victories have been in three sets. Sabalenka, a straight set win, San Jose 2019. Vekic, a straight set win, St. Petersburg 2017. Again, it's a five to one career head to head to Vekic, but here's why I love that for Arena Sabalenka. A, again, four of the six matches all went Vekic's way, they've all been three sets. B, you look for Arena Sabalenka in these six matches. On five of the six occasions, she's double-faulted more than 10% of the time. Again, that's who she was last year as well. This year, that double-fault percentage down to about 6.2%, which for her, not great still, but for her, significantly better. It's also just a different—why I love that for Arena Sabalenka is despite the fact that people like myself and various pundits will now turn to her as one of the favorites entering this 2023 Australian Open home stretch, she faces someone who she has not had a ton of success against. And mentally, she can still view herself as the underdog in this match as, again, Vekic has— had her number. Yes, four of the six matches have gone three sets, but guess who won all of those three sets? Three of them, by the way, in a 6-1 fashion. The answer to that question is 26-year-old Donna Vekic. Look, Vekic is a power tennis player, much like Sabalenka. Vekic wants to be taking er- the ball early on the rise. There's not as much action on her ball. It's much flatter. Uh, that said, it certainly rips through the court. Vekic capable of creating easy plus one opportunities for herself with her serve. That said, Again, this level of Sabalenka is just a different caliber of power tennis player. This is what elite power tennis is supposed to look like. Sabalenka not only holding over 80% of the time to start this first month of the 2023 season, she's also breaking serve like a top 20 player as well with her break percentage currently 36.5. And again, she hasn't dropped a set yet. She was down 4-2, first set, Belinda Bencic from there plays 20 minutes of the best tennis I've seen out of anyone here in this 2023 season. I like that she's the underdog mentality, that the magnitude of the moment and her being a favorite, all the extracurricular things that come with that, that won't have sunk in, in my opinion, for Arena Sabalenka yet. I like Sabalenka to get through this match in Vekic. Now, I do like the over. I think the power tennis, the history keeps Vekic close. Over 19.5 games, minus 145. I like that. Vekic plus 5.5 is just too many games, and you can get that minus 160. You can take the over 2.5 sets in this one as well, plus 120. I'm just going to go with the Sabalenka money line. I think she wins this match. Again, she's a minus 380 favorite, according to DraftKings, according to the Tennis Abstract Singles Forecast, a 73.1% favorite. And I do think this is an instance where, yes, she's a 1-5 in, uh, in, in the career head-to-head, but this is where she flips the script. Give me Sabalenka as leg number one of the parlay. Leg number two, we're going to go with Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, a 78.5% favorite as he takes on fifth-seeded Andre Rublev. Djokovic, 2-1 to one in the career head-to-head, both wins straight sets at the ATP Tour Finals. Rublev, a three-set win over Djokovic in the Belgrade Final last year on clay. 
Look, Djokovic, after the Demon Hour match, said it was the first match his hamstring wasn't bothering him. For what it's worth, Djokovic, I believe, dropped just one set in this event so far. And look, he hasn't played a player with a weapon, the caliber of the Rublev serve-forehand combination. But I just think this is Novak's slam to lose. And, you know, again, it's a big number, minus 700, money line. You can get him minus six and a half games, which means he really has to win in straight sets. And he kind of needs a lopsided set to cover that minus six and a half. I know Rublev just played a really tough five-setter. You wonder how he holds up physically. That said, with too much respect for Rublev, six and a half is a lot of games. And Rublev's forehand will just find him free points, particularly if Djokovic is up big on the scoreboard and trying to conserve his energy for the rest of this event. Not that he'll tank points, but again, I just, I think Rublev will find ways to be effective. That said, I expect Novak to get through and I do expect it to be fairly comfortably. I would flirt with the minus six and a half games, minus 130. I'm just going to throw that money line minus 700 into the parlay with Sabalenka as well. But if it's just those two, the odds are like minus 230. That's not nearly good enough. So let's get extraordinarily creative. Let's go Pagula Goff. Pagula Goff, minus 230, uh, 250, excuse me, 230, leave that in, minus 250 over Chan and Young. Now look, between Chan and Young, one of them won Indian Wells last year. The other has made a Wimbledon final. There's plenty of experience between that team. I just love Jessica Pagula, that disappointing straight set loss to uh, Nishi, uh, to excuse me, to Nishioka. What were you thinking? Jessica Pagula, the disappointing straight set loss to Azarenka in the quarterfinals. Goff obviously knocked out of this event already as well. I just like that they have this still remaining. They're the number two seed straight set in their prior round. I think they're going to get locked in here as they're both chasing that slam title. Look, Chan and Yang are a tough opponent. I think they're the 11th seeds. Give me Pagula Goff, minus 250 money line. Let's back the American women here to get the job done and, again, ultimately provide us that third leg that gets this parlay to plus 102 odds. That's just enticing enough to throw an extra quarter unit on it. We'll put 0.25 to win 0.25. That's your second ace of the day. Now, one match I have not talked about, Ben Shelton versus Tommy Paul. Now, we covered it extensively at the end of yesterday's show, myself and Max Rothman. So if you want to hear the full breakdown, be sure to go check that episode out. Look, it doesn't feel kosher wagering on a match. I'm so thoroughly interested in the result of I don't want the added stress of trying to have to cover anything. Now, I would lean towards the over, over 38 and a half games, minus 130. You wonder how much gas Ben has left in the tank. Tommy has looked just fit as a fiddle. And to see him beat Brooksby in the fashion he did in what was an earlier version of an American generational battle, Tommy's playing extraordinarily well. He's had success against lefties. He's going to be able to get Ben stretched. I think this is a really good match. Ben's serve is still the biggest weapon on the court, and that serve will have an ability to keep him in just about every match he competes in through the remainder of his career. I lean Tommy, and the most valuable play would be minus three and a half games over Shelton, minus 145. But Ben can absolutely win this match, and he's a primetime performer. He'll summon the courage. 20 years old, you'd be amazing how quick you recover at that age. 
I, w- I want no part of this. I want absolutely no part of this match. I just want to sit back, kick my legs up, and enjoy it as a fan. So that's what I plan on doing. But again, it's going to be a really fun day of quarterfinal action. And of course, if you missed the first four quarterfinals, you can catch up on them all by tuning in to our mini break podcast feed. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Of course, speaking of that content, I mentioned it at the top ITA kickoff weekend broadcast starting this Friday. If you are looking to see who the next champions from the college tennis world might be that emerge on the pro tour, that is the perfect place for you to begin your search. Of course, we are also so excited to be covering every episode of the new Netflix docuseries Breakpoint. Myself, Gil Gross, doing so on Gil's YouTube channel, as well as on our Inside Out podcast feed, which you can find on our recently renovated website, crackrackets.com, or wherever you you listen to your podcast. With that said, again, your day 10 aces of the day. Give me Pliskova, minus one and a half games over Lynette, minus 135, one unit to win 0.74. Give me a Sabalenka, Djokovic, Pagula Goff, money line parlay, plus 102, quarter of a unit to win 0.25 in return. Those are your day 10 picks for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Thank you.